welcome to your typical shonen protagonist. He's Kai, I'm Kells, and welcome to Sad Boy September. First off, Kai, how you doing? I am very sad that we are doing the Sad Boy September because I'm a very emotionally in touch person, but I'm also very hyped because a lot of the sadder stuff tends to be the like better quality stuff, in my personal opinion. Yes, definitely uh, the better quality in it can evoke emotion and make you sad uh, compared to some other things. Just like I'm in a sad state, one, because we just watched uh, the first show of Sad Boy September, Your Lie in April, and also I have I have been put into the sad zone because equipment failure and the like. I'm resonating deeply with Sad Boy September right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like that, it continues. But it does. This e- this episode, we're talking about your Lion April, the 2015 anime, which I would describe as the "I want to eat your pancreas" of music. I'd say that's a fair statement. Um, I first I gotta give some respect. To I want to eat your pancreas and say I feel like nothing's quite like I want to eat your pancreas, but this one is definitely like in the same vein as that. And the music adds kind of a different level. It doesn't necessarily like you can't compare, you know, these two like gems. I feel like, but this is definitely something that belongs in the like real house of like one of the greater animes. I feel like one of the better stories, and especially. In the genre of like, I guess you would put this in probably like drama, music, romance, slice of life stuff. Definitely at the top of that genre. I feel like this is in the upper echelons of that wheelhouse. Definitely. Definitely. Now, this, you know, Your Lie in April focuses on some themes about child abuse, loss and death and adolescent love and it throws all of these into a big pot and stirs it up into a very enjoyable yet you know thought-provoking mess that you get to watch uh kind of explore itself over 22 episodes let's introduce our cast before we kind of get into those themes we've got our main character arima kose child prodigy playing the piano and is beaten into greatness until the death of his mother, in which he stops playing altogether after not being able to kind of cope with his trauma and his loss. Yeah, he's definitely a character that I feel like mirrors our boy from, um, I want to eat your pancreas, not necessarily till a T, but definitely someone who is living a life that needs somewhat enhancement because they're kind of just living mundane day-to-day um like he has friends we see that he has friends but he also has a lot of trauma rightfully so i am not discrediting his trauma it is very much deserved question mark on that word but um yeah so he's a character who's very jaded and he's very kind of what's the word um when you're like disassociated he's kind of disassociated from a lot of things especially music because of his past and yeah yeah and 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 that takes the form of him no longer being able to hear the music that he performs and when i when i heard first for like heard the premise i was like oh okay um it's he can no longer physically hear but no when we get into the show we learn that it's like a psychological block that like separates him from like his experience of performing something that was so deeply tied to his mother uh, and his relationship with her, you know, now that she no longer is around physically, he doesn't like, he can't cope with it. And that, you know, a, a large portion of this story is him coming to grips and moving on and letting go of, uh, of some of that trauma in the application of his passion. Yeah, for sure. And I was portrayed greatly through his character and throughout this story, Your Lie in April. Um, the second main character we have is Kaiori Mianzu. No, I should have stopped at Kaiori. Um, 
Yes, the Z is throwing me off. But our second character, Miori, is kind of a free-spirited um, violinist who is very much drawn to like just kind of feeling the music and being so in tune with it that she goes off the score of the music and kind of just improvises her own stuff, which makes her kind of disassociated and hated, not hated, but disliked by like the official like judge panels and whatnot, but is a favorite of the audience. And Kaiori also is going through things without giving too much away before you get to the podcast. Yeah. Um, um, you know, she's going through some presumably medical stuff. And, and we, as we go through the story, we see the extent of that, uh, to the point where we, we get an answer, uh, about it comes to a head at the end. That's what we'll get to. <laughs> We've yes. also got, um, two kind of very important side characters, uh, that being Subaki, the, the childhood friend who's into sports, um, of, uh, Kosei who kind of grew up with him and, and is the one that knows him the best and knows his struggles, knows what he likes, knows everything about him and kind of treats him like a younger brother. But we get more into it as we deal with that, the challenge of kind of finding adolescent and romantic love. Yes. And then we have... Watari, who is kind of the popular pretty boy character that every, you know, romance anime needs. And he is very good at sports. He's a captain on the soccer team. And he's always been a friend to Kozuki and Tsubaki and kind of completes their trio. And he's also the first one to kind of approach Kaiori um, through a setting. Yeah. Um, you know, we get into the into the show and the introduction is uh, Kaiori's like, hey. Subaki, can you introduce me to Watori? Cause like I like him. And so they they get booked for a double date where Kosei is friend number one, just someone there to make it not awkward. And then everything goes uphill and or downhill from there. And the big question for the series that we kind of run into is it's called Your Lion April. Kind of one of the things with the show is uh, there's an arc about the season's passing. It takes place in about one full calendar year. And so, you know, the big question we'll get to later is, what is the lie? Yes, which that was a reveal that I was very hyped for. And um, again, felt like it was kind of placed in the right spot because I had forgot about it. And then was brought back up, so I can be like, oh, okay. So I feel like that worked out fairly well in terms of the reveal of what that lie was. Yeah, and and for me, that's another kind of parallel to I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, where, you know, thematically, the, the title of the show plays into, you know, kind of a plot point, and it's like, okay, that's cool. What, what, a, what a nice, if cheesy, callback. <laughs> yeah. Um... So we've got our main cast. Kind of the big, the big relationship here is uh, Kaori is trying to convince Kosei to get back into playing piano, even going so far as to be like, "You're going to be my accompanist," just to get him back on the stage. Um, and then it goes from there. So we get into some of the themes now, kind of as we we discuss them around the way our characters go. Yeah, there's really three big th- uh, themes in this that you had. I kind of pointed out in the theme of child abuse, loss and death and adolescent love, which are kind of the three main driving themes for your lie in April. So early on, let's talk about the child abuse and, you know, kind of the extent of it. Um, Early on, the show is focusing on Kosei's experience with the piano, with his family and and with how everything escalated to the point where he could no longer hear his own playing. And that kind of comes in the 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 kind of ebbs and flows of his childhood, right? He's he's got a mother who is an accomplished pianist and his father, you know, 
we don't see anything of him just because he travels for work. So the dad is not an, you know really around. Yeah. Um. And the big thing there is that his mother has some sort of unnamed illness and is slowly dying. So in in the goal of getting Kosei to be the best pianist she can possibly make him, as her, her time wanes, Kosei's mother just begins to beat him into greatness. Like literally with her cane from her wheelchair, beats him if he, he makes a mistake or beats him if he plays it wrong. Beats him if he's off time or doesn't have the right intention. And so, you know, throughout his his performance career early on as a child, Kosei is not only performing at this kind of incredibly high level of precision, but he's also kind of hearing the the perception of that from his peers and the people around him at the competitions. He's hearing, oh, you're a human metronome. Oh, you're just a puppet. You have a stainless steel like delivery uh, without heart. It's very precise. And that's something that kind of haunts him as he goes on. And it, it gets to the point where he's just played a piece at a performance. And he's like, hell yeah, I'm doing this for mom so she'll get better. I'm trying my hardest. And then he goes and he takes first place, and the only thing that she can say to him afterwards is you fucked it up on measures one and three. And then and and hits him in the head with her cane. And then he throws the 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 score at her. He's and he's just like, I hate you. I wish you would die. And it's like, wow. Wow. Imagine saying that. And then they actually die. Yeah. So, you know, we we not only have the the physical trauma of his experience with her mother, his mother through life, we also kind of have that guilt of that being the last thing he said to her before she did die. Yeah. And, and not being able to change or take that back with time. That's kind of what it is forever. And that is very like that's very damaging, um, especially to like you know a small child when you think it's your fault. But at the same time, it's like as there is no excuse for child abuse, and I kind of don't agree with how this is like played out, only due to the fact like it comes full circle, and it's like oh he was finally found his sound that his mother wanted him to. I'm like no, it's kind of like fuck your mom, bro. <laughs> Like, you know, I'm sorry that she went through that, but, like, she beat you with a cane to the point, like, you know, in a lot of animes and stuff like that, we don't really see, like, the bruises and stuff, but we saw him all bruised up, you know. She traumatized him so much that, like, for a good part of the series, when he remembered her, she was kind of, like, faceless, and he was, like, traumatized from it. So, and it's not until, like, you know... The series kind of goes on. We see that, like, you know, happy memories of her. But, like, this, it's those are so far removed from everything else. It's like, well, dang. And then it's like the fact that, like, she's full on in this chair hitting him with a cane. Like, she can't even breathe. She on life support. Like, what are you doing? Like, and it's kind of expressed throughout the story that, you know, she wanted him to be able to have a future and find his own sound and use it, uh, piano playing as a foundation for his success. But, like, he was already good, you know. It wasn't like he was, you know, Rudy trying to get on the field to make one tackle, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure they lost that game anyway, but screw that movie. Um, Bruh. So <laughs> it's like, you know, he's already taken first. He's already doing great things, but it's just so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I kind of get the whole, I'm split with this because I appreciate the whole vibe where it's Kosei dealing with his own trauma and moving forward, right? And, and part of that goes from seeing the piano and performance and kind of the piece he associates with her most uh, as this kind of traumatic thing that he doesn't want to remember 
and kind of changing that perception to something positive. Because at the end of the day, his mother is dead. And this is him dealing with his perception of that. So I, I kind of appreciate that, like, tone. And maybe that's someone else's journey. But that's something that I didn't resonate with. Because I'm like, oh, we're just going to, like, I'm at, you know, you got to move on in life. You can't let the trauma, like, dictate how you proceed overall. But, like, also that stuff doesn't just suddenly not have happened. Right? Yes. Especially, like we kind of just go ahead. No, you get you get finish. We 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 kind of just brush that aside and go, oh, but this song was cool because it was a lullaby and it's from a happier time. Like we don't. There's enough here to deal with as it is with the other themes we're focusing on. So you know, definitely, I don't I don't blame them for not spending time on this. But it's one of those things where we don't get really a nuanced view of his his growth with this and. Especially when we see, like, the kind of comparisons in the last episode, you know, of, like, we saw that um, Kyori was going through stuff as well, you know, kind of the same thing. Like, we don't know what the illness is, but it could very well be the same thing as, um, you know, Kosei's mother went through. And how she made the decision to live life to the fullest, you know, of what she did. And like we saw as a note was coming out and everything, um, we saw that difference. And I'm like, you know, granted, yes, she's not older. She doesn't have a son, but she arguably got to live more of her life. You know, her son's already successful. So I see zero excuse because even in the show itself, it shows you the comparison between the two ways you can look at things. And like, I'm just, you know, I... I feel like that there were so many better ways that the mom, there not feel like there was so many better ways the mom could handle it, like, you know? And the dad is an excuse from it either. You know, we can't just put it on the mom because he was like not present. And then even when the mom died, he still, you know, is off in La La Land because we only see him in one flashback and get the exposition that he's away on business. So the dad is definitely not above blame at all. But you see, our boy uh, Kozuki really having to come to grips with this himself because he's got Tsubaki who's trying to like, you know, I guess just force him through the trauma. And then our Watari doesn't really more so he acknowledges it, but he doesn't really more so like confront it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And Kyori is really the first person to be like, yo, you know, like this is how we have to do this. Like, and you know, gives him that freedom, which I thought was like a great escape of someone who went through the same thing that his mom did is the person to free him for what his mom did from that abuse. And I feel like that kind of subconsciously played in it too. It's like, you know, that like, it was kind of just your mom being a horrible person because these actions did not make her, you know, this way because she had an alternative she could have been. And you see that in um, Kyori. Yeah, you know, handling this. And of course, you know, um, the the whole, you know, gr grappling with loss and death uh, in, in all the, the ways that it comes is not something I've, I've personally uh, dealt with in any kind of real extent. So, um, you know, definitely as we move on to that concept uh, and theme of the show, it's a great comparison. And it, yeah. it really shows that, uh, especially with Kosei, as we move through the story and we kind of see him him come to grips with one thing and move forward and then be challenged by another, it's still a lot of it's tied to his his experience with his mother. So definitely, as we see Kyori wind up in the hospital um, more than once and and he's having these kind of flashbacks and connections with the same scene where he would walk in the hospital room and hear his mother say, welcome. And then see Kyori do the same thing and, you know, be challenged by this, you know, one step forward, two steps back vibe. Yeah. It's very interesting to see with this theme of loss and death, how, especially with, with, uh, you know, Kosei only grow so much at a time. Like, all, all the problems he has faced are not suddenly over, which, you know, kind of leads through the story. But also with Kaori, 
her entire vibe is, I know I've only got so much time. I don't know how long that is, but I only, I know I only have so much time. So I've got to do something with it, which kind of leads her into her whole like personality and decision-making. Yeah, no, I agree. And even though she really didn't know how much time she had, but I, that was one thing, um, I really kind of loved, like, you didn't really see that transformation into the last episode until, like, the note came out, which was so, which was, like, I feel like the biggest comparison, I want to eat your pancreas, like, the note that kind of left, the note and the messages were left for um, our protagonist and um, main character, they kind of really summed everything up, like, kind of brought everything together, and you got to see, like, what was happening in that other character's real thoughts, like, they weren't there to express their feelings, which is something I'm always like kind of iffy about is like having other, like the main, the character's feelings not coming from the character. Cause it always kind of leads it up to interpretation. Like when people were kind of just like, Oh, you know, like this was Killmonger's thought in black Panther before he died or this or that or blah, blah, or, you know, X, Y, Z. I'm like, you can't really like say that if it didn't come out the character's mouth. So by having like these notes and these things left from uh, these characters, it really like cements how they felt and actually like as happens in real time. Cause like we saw in Kyrie being like, Hey, it's weird that I'm talking to you after you just left. And that kind of parallels back to I want to eat your pancreas when homegirl was like, you know, like you're sitting here next to me and I'm writing these words. So it's like kind of wild. No, definitely. That kind of uh post script on the relationship. Um, is certainly one storytelling de- uh, technique that I don't know will always just kind of do it, especially in in a series where we've spent so much time, you know, dealing with things, but you know, leaving so many unanswered questions as it is, and you know, the kind of closure we get from the end of the show doesn't mean that all of the questions are resolved and answered. And that's one thing that I think this does well too. Um, but no, definitely. Uh, one thing for me is with uh, Kai, uh, Kaori's, let's talk about her relationship with uh, Kosei as it deals with their music. And it kind of demonstrates her slow, prog- the slow progression of her illness. Yes. Right. So at the beginning, we, they meet, and she's like, okay, you're Kosei Arima, you're gonna go and be my accompanist. And he's like, I haven't played on stage for two years. I'm not accompanist material. And she's like, uh, fuck that, I want you, and I'm going to beg you to go out there and do it. And what does he do? He does it. And they fuck it up. He just freezes on stage, they both stop playing, but Kari's like, fuck a score. I'm not here for a score. I'm here to touch people's heart with my music. And she looks at him and says, let's do it again. Let's start over. And they start over, and it's this most heart-touching, you know, thing that we see in the show to that point. And they book another performance, right? It, it's, you know, an invitation to a gala. And they're, they're both playing and performing and planning to be there. Except on the day, Kaori doesn't show up. So Kosei goes off and plays in a violin performance, a solo piano thing, because fuck it, I'm a musician. Yes. <laughs> and that's when we find out that Kaori is now just in the hospital almost permanently. Yes. And then we get that, oh, I'm just kind of here because my dad's or they're doing routine checkups and my dad's like over exaggerating this and that. And we see she's kind of like sparing them for the truth. And I'm like, no, be honest. I know where this is going. The pain, the pain. Um, so, yeah, she kind of just goes with that of, hey, it's not as bad as it looks. And I feel like everybody except our boy Kosuke. He's like, oh, okay, okay. But Kosuke feels, it felt like in that, it felt, it felt like in that moment, Kosuke kind of knew that it was more than it was because of being in that situation beforehand. Yeah. 
So definitely Kosaki's experience with this like scenario um really led him to have more insight than just taking them at their face value as they told him, oh, you know, it's just checkups. He was like, um, this is the, you know, you've been here for just tests, you know, in the last two months, you know, like <laughs> this isn't something that just happens, you know? Yeah. Um, so definitely. And, and, you know, now that Kaori's in the hospital permanently, we get this whole vibe of, of her kind of, giving up you know kind of just giving into the illness and the fact that she doesn't have the physical strength to perform anymore and it's kind of over and, and through that go ahead go ahead oh no you're good no through that uh kose is like all right no i have to show her that it's time to perform again. You can't just give up on me. I'm not going to give up on you. You can't give up on me. So he books this uh, this kind of, uh, what's it called? Culture Festival. Yeah. He books a performance at the Culture Festival with the with his new student, um, which is Nagi Aiza, the, the little sister of his kind of uh, rival, Takeshi. And, and it's yes. kind of it's kind of an example of uh of hey, here I go. I'm going to play good music and you know play with my heart. And that's something that inspires Kaori to pick up and hustle again, to to struggle. I I, I love that that wording. I'm going to struggle because it is that. It's it's hard and difficult and it takes effort and expenditure. It's a struggle. So just as it takes, you know, a struggle to learn and grow and, and perform at a high level, it takes a struggle, the gnashing of teeth to to go and rehabilitate physically for whatever whatever Kaori can do. But uh we'll get to that ending in a minute. <laughs> yeah. And another thing about like this kind of like, you know, thing about seeing that she's so sick and like the struggle. That she's having this surgery, like, you know, and the surgery isn't a cure. And I feel like we were kind of, you know, guided to one outcome because the surgery isn't going to be a cure. That's what they said. It will only prolong her time if it does happen. So I just. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, the whole the whole option of the surgery, even as the doctor presents it, is like, there's no guarantee even this will work. And she's like, I've talked to my parents. If it will give me a shot at being around longer, I want it. And and to kind of know that going in really kind of sets us up for for how we wind up. Now, on a positive note, kind of with with one of the show focuses of uh, it, you know no one being alone um, throughout their life as they as they interact with one person or another. That interaction leaves them together. And we we find a lot of characters are inspired by Arima Kose. Yes. By, by his performances early on and kind of that continues to grow out of each of their interactions. So let's talk about the folks that were inspired, like his peers. Uh yeah. we've by got, his performances. Yeah. We've got Emi Aigawa, who is saw him when he was five. And they're the same age. So she becomes inspired um, to become a pianist after listening to him play in the crowd. And she's very emotional in a very, like, her piano performance depends on her mood. Like, she's very, like, animated. So she puts all of her, like, energy and stuff into her piano playing. And she's the one that we see in, like, the red dress at the conference and everything. Um, then we've got uh, Take Takashi also known as Albert Einstein, um, who was kind of like his rival who wants to surpass him. You know, when he saw him playing at a young age, it wasn't like, I want to be like him, I want to play like him. He's like, I want to surpass him. And so he, like, even abandoned a competition to, like, to compete with Kiyoshi. Like, he was that good, but he was like, it means nothing if I can't, like, you know, challenge this guy. And even with Kaiori herself, you know, we saw that, 
at that same concert. It's like that scene in One Piece when Roger's getting killed and then he's like at the gallows and he says like his thing to spur the great pirate area era era great pirate era and we see that like all these big people in the verse are there in the gallows watching it i feel like that's kind of what happened with kiyoshi at that performance you know it's like all these great rivals and people were set up at that concert that he you know got beat for like you know <laughs> um I'll be real. You had me scared when you mentioned One Piece and we started getting into a real description. Then I realized that was like the opening of episode one. Like, yeah, but, Roger dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when we get in the story, you know, it shows that from a different viewpoint. But, um... Oh, it, okay, so it wasn't... Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. No, absolutely. You know, kind of, uh, uh, here's an innocuous scene that inspired so many characters. And even to the point where we have kind of a spinoff, too, with uh, Nagi. And Nagi was coming from this place where her older brother, Takeshi, was like, I've got my hero, Arima. And so uh, Nagi was wanting to come after Kosei just because he took, like, her brother's focus away from him, or away from her. And, you know, seeing, especially as he experiences uh, Kosei in, you know, two years later, once he's performing again, and it's like, you're no longer the hero I thought you were. You're you're a regular person. You were human. And seeing him be frustrated with that concept and disappointment, uh, but, you know, through Nagi's own experience with Kosei and learning him, seeing him as like her own inspiration as well was interesting too yeah for sure like just seeing how like i said it was so crazy how polarizing that was like we see the mom just so upset you miss measure one and seven and like you know he's so distraught by it and that's like the final straw for him but that moment which was such pain for him was so liberating to everybody else to where we see kari ran home and was like yo i want a violin you know to where uh, Emi is like, yo, I gotta practice the piano, and like just seeing all these other, you know, moments and people like just come out and you know practice and try their hardest, like was so interesting to see. Definitely, Damn, fuck his mom. I say it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, but no, like you know, this whole inspiration thing was one of the one of the really good positive things of this show um to get into a a, a more different but presumably positive thing of this show um it really focuses on you know adolescent love kind of as you step into you know your growth you know and and begin to have romantic feelings we get into this messy world where uh feelings aren't necessarily clear or reciprocated as desired. And we really see this throughout uh, this show. You know, we we have the relationship between uh, Kosei and Tsubaki as they are kind of childhood friends. We have this relationship between Kaori and uh, Watari as the hook for the show, right? Kind of the introduction for getting all the characters together. Yeah. Where where Kaori's like, I like Watari. And of course, everybody knows, except the girls who don't, that Watari is a player. Very specifically going off and 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 engaging and spending time with all of these girls. And apparently no one else knows. None of them do. But, um, you know, the close friends know that he, he's, in a word, a womanizer. Yeah, a ho, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a ho, yes. Um, and we have kind of the struggle as we go. Kosei begins to kind of, as he comes out of his shell and begins to see the world in colors after spending time with, with Kaori, kind of realizes he has feelings for her but is also kind of like, 
Kaori likes watery, and I can't just go, I don't know, be involved in any of that. Yeah. Tsubaki. Well, go ahead, go ahead. No, you're good. I'm, I, we're just going on an adventure here. Tsubaki's like, got her own thing going on. Because she, you know, everybody knows that Tsubaki likes Kosei. Except Kosei except, and Tsubaki. Exactly. Except them too. And Tsubaki's like, eh, what are you talking about? He's like a younger brother. You know, little brother, just kind of, that's our relationship. So when, when Tsubaki gets a call from, you know, Senpai, from the baseball team that's now in high school, she's like, sure, I'll go out with you. But we have this whole thing where the only thing that Tsubaki talks about is Kosei. Mm-hmm. And she gets confronted with this concept. There's a difference between liking somebody and not disliking somebody. And they're a world apart. Which I thought was an interesting thing to kind of introduce. Like, the, the struggle of, of, you know, being true to your feelings and settling. No, facts. That's, that is 100% accurate. And I feel like that's a real-life struggle for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people will... I know people... <laughs> I shouldn't say it. I feel like some people are married and they don't love each other. They're just like, yo, I'm here, you're here. And... You know, that's okay if that's what you want to, like, be about. But, like, I feel like this show does a good, like, you know, kind of question of what is love. Like, we see that Kyori, like, we're not just told. Like, we we know that Kyori loves Kosuke before she said, you know. Like, we've seen it played out. So, when it's, like, finally revealed in the note that she loves him, it's kind of like, you know, that was shown. And... We can see that as well with like Kozuki. Like it was kind of like a show of love. And Subaki, the same way, you know, she's always been there looking out for him until the point where we get um homegirl Naoi. I don't know if you remember her, Kashiwaga, Kashiwagi, like the ponytail girl who would walk to school with yeah, them yeah. when um Tsubaki's like, Hey, I need you to go check on Kozuki and blah blah blah. He's probably going through this. And she's like, Are you serious? And It'll like, mean, hard no. Yeah. You go check on your own, boy. <laughs> yeah, like, it'll mean nothing for me, you know? And she's like, well, I just don't know what to say. And she's like, speak from your heart, not your head. And she just goes and assaults my boy. Um, And I believe, you know, she loves him as well. But, like, it does a really good job of, like, showing the question of what is love. And I personally believe that, like, Kyori and Kozuki were, like, in game. But, like, that game had to end. So... Subaki question mark yeah you know definitely the the whole thing is as we wrap up the show which we'll get to uh we'll get into the full climax in a minute winky face um you know there's a note at the end of the show and it's kind of a whole confession and Kari's you know telling Subaki not Subaki Kari's telling Kosei hey here's here's my entire experience with you and here's everything we've just gone through and here's the truth of it. Here's your lie in April. One, you're so slow. Like, I saw you when I was five just like everybody else and it inspired me to go play the violin because I wanted you to play the piano with me. And it's like, holy shit, wow. We got a whole explanation about her backstory, you know, and and kind of who she was. And then also with her illness, the moment it got kind of extra real and she know she knew she had a time limit but didn't know what that was. She began to act and do in a way she could live without any regrets. She began to eat all the sweets and pet all the cats and play all the music like she wanted to. And that was that. And when it came down to it, she loved Kosei. She was glad that he was the one that showed up. He was glad that he was the one that was not going to forget her. And she was glad that they got to play music. And the only thing that happened was one little lie. 
She's like, I just told the him. lie. Yeah, yeah. The lie in April that Kaori liked Watari because that wasn't the truth. And then you're just like, like all of the other. Ca- no, go ahead, go ahead. No, and then you're like, and then that was like <laughs> even that lie in itself was beautiful because it's like that was more so of her semblance to love, you know. And of course, it's also the the way to kind of, and she apologizes as well because she's like, "I'm sorry, I left everyone in this extra big mess, but that was the only way it could have been because if I had have gone to Sabaki, and if I had have been like introduce me to Kosei, she probably wouldn't have because that's her little brother figure and she's extra protective." Mm-hmm. And she couldn't have just gone up to the three of them because they were so extra close. There was no room. So the only way this worked was the lie. To get the N, to get them all, you know, involved. And, you know, the sad part there being, um, you know, she's like, apologize to Watari because he got involved. And the lie in- impacted him. And we we see like, you know, he's getting slapped because he's, you know, been found out about, you know, being hanging out with another girl while, you know, being a, a player. But when we see his phone, she's uh, you know, Kari in her letter is like, uh, but who knows? You know, maybe Watari's already forgotten about me. But we see on his her, his phone, you know, the picture of Watari and Kaori. Like he's not going to forget. Mm-hmm. Which was very touching. It hit. It hit, you know? And, um, oh, boy, did it hit. And just kind of, like, seeing everything in, in chance just kind of, like, hit. Like, I know I need to think of a better adjective than hit, which isn't really adjective. But, like, that note just kind of brought everything together. All, like, and seeing how she, like, transformed, like you said, how she, like, ate a whole cake, did all this, and put it in context. And, like, just really got a love of life. And, like, from the first time that our boy Kozuki, like, saw her on top of that, like, whatever it's called, like, the playground thing, like, playing the piano and everything, like, I feel like that's when he kind of realized it, too, like, you know. And, like, I'm all here for Tsubaki. I'm all here for Walter. But, like, we know who we were rooting for, and we know who should have been together. Um, And it's, like, crazy because the song the intro to the song which is an absolute banger um it's by goose house which i recommend everybody go check them out uh it's like a rainbow after rain and a flower that bloomed in the cold are abruptly changing colors the day i fell in love with you looked up to the blazing red sky that one instant in the scene of dramatic film won't disappear because it's etched in my heart forever I'm like, it was telling us in the intro, all we had to do was translate. (laughs) (laughs) And, Uh, like, I 100% recommend, like, going to go look up that intro in English because it's, like, so wild. And it kind of just fits to the story. And you had imparted the knowledge on me um, that, you know, the creator, like, the director had went and got the band Goose House because he didn't want this to feel like an anime opening. And... Like in an anime opening and outro, so he went and kind of scouted the bands himself. And man, I gotta say that he do a stupendous job because, like, this song you can tell was truly written for the premise of this anime. Yeah, man. Now, before we get to anything else, let's talk about the big conclusion, the 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 final climax as we go through the last two episodes, and we kind of uh, wind up at the ending. So, like episode 20, 21, 22, okay, we are in this, in this zone. It's February. Kosei has this big performance, his finals for his high school entrance. That's his challenge. Kaori has her surgery, the surgery that hopefully will give her some more time on this earth. But it's not a guarantee. And these are both happening at the same time. 
Yes. And, you know, I, I fr- from the jump, I was like, okay, well, I know where this is going. Corey's not going to make it, right? Like, because this is how this always goes. If you've, if you've seen I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, you know, you know, there's... The, there's a reason it's, it's a similar, Sad Boy September, just saying. Yeah, yeah, it's a similar kind of, of uh, a striking event, which at least in that one, we open with the show of knowing how it's going to wind up for <laughs> one of our characters. Uh, but, like, you know, the, the progression of, yeah, we play together. Yeah, we're planning to play together, but things go off the rails as I get sick. And then we have one more final, like, all right, we're going to, I'm going to get the surgery, and then we're going to play at least one more time. But that one more time never comes. As Kosei is performing his piece, and he goes through his own struggle, you know, he's like, I'm, I, I have to play. I have to play. I have to play. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. And he walks out on stage and he looks out and he feels so alone. And then he's and he's in his own head. And then he looks up and to the lights. And after all of this kind of internal monologue and remembering and struggle, he begins to play. And he goes through his whole experience. The people in the audience are here for me. I'm not alone. Everything I'm performing is an embodiment of my experience with these people. Yes. And that he calls out, you know, everybody he spent time with and has had an influence on him and that he has influenced. And so he, you know, he's performing strong and then he winds up getting to thinking about Kaori. And then as it goes on, Kaori come, you know, we, we cut into her in the operating room. And the only thing we really see that tells us where we are in, in the tension of the arc is that the pulse rate on the monitor is dropping. It's not even, it's, it's, it's not even intense. It's not like, oh, she's going into code. No, it goes from 90 to 88 to 90. We cut back, it's 67. And then we cut away, back to Kosei. Kosi's playing. And eventually, as his world changes and turns and in, in, in his retrospective, he winds up finding Kaori. And she plays with him one last time. As a force ghost, uh, you know, to take us out of it. But eventually that comes to an end. And she moves on. And he ends up finishing the song, crying at the piano. And that was that. Kauri died and Kosei played yes and you know it after that you know we get a direct transition into like you know the season changed or um they're in winter now you know or the end of winter it's snowing and we see him walking alone and then we see Subaki and Watori kind of joining him and there's kind of like talk about stuff nonchalantly and everything, and that kind of just happens, and we see that kind of, like, transition for a little bit, and then we see uh, a flashback to her grave, and, or not a flashback, but, like, a kind of flash forwarding into her grave, and he's there with her parents, and they're like, thank you so much for making our daughter's last month memorable, and they give him this note, this is for you, please accept this, and then he sees a note from her, and then her voice takes over narrating as he's walking throughout town and experience and that's kind of what she's saying is kind of like happening in reference. We see him walking, and then she's like, you know, apologize to um, Rotori for me, but I'm sure he'll be okay. And that's when we get the scene of him looking at the picture, seeing that he's not okay, even though he's literally just like double teamed a girl or double timed. What is it called? I feel like I'm saying it so messed up right now. Two two times. Two two times. Thank two you. Two timed. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> two times. I'm like, yeah. After he just double T, like, whoa, hold up. <laughs> just um, two-timed a girl. He's getting smacked in the face for it, but he's looking at this picture of Kaori. And then it talks about how, you know, Tsubaki um, likes you and the only people who can't see it are each other. And um, that's when we get to see Tsubaki asking her friend to check on her. But, you know, and we get this really interesting, um, like, thing about how she talks about how, you know, only people who didn't know that Tsubaki and him were meant to be were each other. 
But and then she talks about the underhanded lie again that brought her to where she couldn't imagine. She said it was darker, it was meaner, denser, and more stubborn and perverted, and just all these things than she thought. And she wouldn't change it for the world, even like you know the time that she had given. And she was like, you know, I. She's like, you have to remember me. Don't forget me. Promise you won't. And he kind of says, you know, I can never forget you. And to himself. And then she's like, I hope this reaches you. And she's like, I love you. I love you. I love you. And it's like the scene of her playing um, the violin. And it's just that hit me. I was like, well, well, damn. Yeah. Uh, my, my real my real moment of, of kind of really feeling the, the vibe was with the performance. Like that's, you know, the the show really kind of hit me throughout. But the final point, which I, you know, really, really felt emotional was in that that final performance. The the note was nice for me. The note was good. It was nice to kind of have confirmation of what we had been like led on and, and assumed the entire way. But as compared to I Want to Eat Your Pagers, um, the note really wasn't as dramatic as that for me. But I'm glad it exists, certainly. I'm glad we got answers, whatever answers were there to have to be gotten. No, I agree. I agree. Overall, it was a very, very sad boy experience. But, like, again, you know, this is our bread and butter. This is what we love, you know. Slice of life, romance anime stands atop. You know, it, I was here for it. Yeah, man. And uh, and that's one of the big things. That's that's why it's so good for us is just because it evokes emotion. It, it gets us to feel something. And, and in an experience where we're ready to encounter that, right? Where we're ready to be kind of challenged and and held to the flame of one thing or another and relate and and cry and feel so definitely as uh, as your lie in april was a great example of that we will definitely continue into sepoy september with even more final verdict would you recommend your lie in april oh most definitely this is something i feel like everybody needs to watch you know if you're a true fan of the genre um Give it a watch, feel it, cry, you know, put yourself out there. Yes. And it's so much fun with the, uh, with the, you know, incredibly great score along with some very consistent and great animation as it goes. Definitely. Your night, your lie in April is a great way to engage with this. The intro is a banger. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll catch y'all next week for more Sad Boy September here on Your Typical Shono Protagonist. We're on all your podcasters. Talking Spotify, iTunes, Amazon podcast at Your Typical Shono Protagonist. We're on Twitter at Your TSP. That's U-R-T-S-P. Got you have stuff too? Yes, you can find me at Static Dreads on Twitter. And that's Static Dreads with a Z because I'm cool. And of course, check the other product at Content Breaker for all your anime and Western cartoon needs we'll catch y'all next week for plastic memories on sad boy september <laughs>